You're listening to Inside Outside Innovation, episode 45. I'm the producer, Victory Clafter. This one is the first in a series that we're going to be sprinkling throughout the next couple of months in which we're spotlighting former podcast guests who are speaking at the Inside Outside Innovation Summit in June here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Michael Dougherty is the author of the book Collective Disruption, How Corporations and Startups Can Co-Create Transformative New Businesses. In this clip from Michael's interview, we get a taste of some of the incredible wisdom he's picked up from dozens of interviews with corporate innovators and leaders. He also gives tips to the corporate innovator who's on their own and how an event like our summit can be especially helpful for kickstarting something at their organization. Our team here at the Inside Outside Innovation Podcast is passionate about innovation in the Midwest and all over the world. We're bringing some of that global perspective to our hometown, Lincoln, Nebraska, a hub of the Silicon Prairie. June 19th through the 21st, we're hosting a conference that's all about corporations, startups, partnerships, award-winning speakers, a $100,000 pitch contest, and making things happen. For more information, you can listen to our special announcement episode or visit our website, theiosummit.com. You don't want to miss this. You mentioned a couple stories in the book that might illustrate some of the things that you're, that you're seeing out there. Talk us through a little bit about what you're seeing and, and some examples of companies that are, are doing this well. Yeah, happy to. Now, in the book, I talk about that this kind of partnering is really partnering from the beginning all the way through launch. And Often what companies will do is figure out what they want to do, maybe look for a technology to enable that, and then transact it. Uh, we talk about it in terms of discover, define, incubate, and integrate. And the uh, discover part of this is really about engaging with the startup ecosystem to look for ideas to support your strategy, but also in many ways to get an idea of where some of the disruptive trends might be. Uh, I think of it as canaries in a coal mine, that if you kind of use the startup engagement as a way to understand certain technologies that might be affecting your industry, what some of the dominant technologies might be, and an earlier indication of when things might be tipping in a direction that's helpful or not. I guess the part of the process that might be most interesting to focus on would be the incubate part. So, you know, discover and define. In the book, I talk about the importance of actually engaging with startups and actually defining the opportunities. But incubation is where you're actually co-creating something together. You know, I interviewed 40 plus executives. I've, you know, over the years mentored many startups and, and engaged with some accelerators today. But to talk to people on, uh, on both sides as well as the venture capital world, the patterns that I saw in terms of how these partnerships were taking place tended to fall into uh, three groups that I just defined as, you know, inside in, inside out, and outside in, which sounds a lot like your podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> right. You know, but the, the idea was that there's not one way to do this. What we're looking for, though, is when it comes to um, incubating new, new ventures and co-creating with startups, that you've got to find the right mix of uh, separation and integration from the corporation. And the, those three incubation models are ways that companies are trying to do that. And I'll give you an example of each, with Cisco being one of my prime examples, because they set the bar in a lot of ways in terms of a large company that's uh, continuing to reinvent itself and do it well. So one of the things that Cisco understands is that as innovative as they are, that they need to basically create these new businesses with some degree of separation from the current business. And a couple examples of ways they do that. One is they've got a series of Internet of Everything centers. Now, Internet of Everything is their name for the Internet of Things, and, and Cisco has really built their whole growth strategy around that focus. 
And these Internet of Everything centers are places where Cisco is putting challenges out, but then once they identify startups of interest to them, are bringing them in to co-locate with Cisco teams and providing the mentoring and support for periods of time to help them graduate with the hope of then marrying up with the businesses. And that's one of the things that they're doing is filtering those opportunities in line with their strategies. So it's not just about getting into the flow. For them, it's about, you know, focused areas of interest to them and the business. At various stages. So like like you mentioned, a lot of accelerators are like idea stage. Yeah. Are, are they looking yeah. at across the spectrum? I can't uh, say this is, you know, the only focus, but I would say predominantly they are looking for things that are, are at that sweet spot of they're not just an idea. There's something that is, you know, at least past proof of concept. And at the point where once they get through this IOE incubation, that it's you know somewhat ready to scale. So at that point, then uh, they can run more full-fledged pilots and uh, link them up with the business and, and, and go deeper with it. So they're looking for things that are you know, not so big that it's a pure acquisition, but are big enough that once they incubate with them, that they're, they're pretty much ready to scale. I'll, I'll give you another example of, of something different Cisco's doing, which kind of demonstrates this idea of separation and integration. I, and I talk about this in the book, as Cisco was looking to get into unified computing systems, they understood that they needed new technology and they needed to do this outside of the core business. So they recruited three entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs, two of which had been Cisco employees and actually had been revered engineers there and seated them with $70 million and said, you know, here's what we're trying to do. Can you create this business with us? And these three entrepreneurs with some guidance and some touch points with Cisco, but done totally on the outside, created this business called Nuovo Systems. Within about two to two and a half years, Cisco then bought it back for, I don't remember the exact number, but uh, three or four times that, 250, maybe $300 million. And on the face of it, you say, well, why did they do that, right? They paid quite a premium. Why wouldn't they just hire those engineers or do it themselves? I'll ask you, and then I'll give you my, my two cents on why, why that is. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think part of it is like, it's if it didn't work, that you know, they're only out whatever they put in the, the original yeah, investment. Yeah. And so it mitigates some of the risk. And again, it gives them an opportunity to, to see and play early what might work, and then they can bring it back when it makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think some of it is absolutely about kind of mitigating your risk a bit. Um, some of it is also recognition that they can't go fast enough and will muck it up by trying to run it through their internal system. So, so that separation they created by um, basically kind of seeding and having a, you know, a string attached to someone on the outside gave them that perfect balance of separation to let them be entrepreneurial, but integration so that they were somewhat designing it for Cisco's needs and the entrepreneurs you know, seeing that as a, as a nice exit for them. Interestingly, the, that business became, a, within the matter of years, a $2 billion business for them. So you know, in the end, it was absolutely a smart thing for them to do because they were able to get into that much faster than they could have on the inside. Well, like you said, it kind of moves them away from the, the antibodies that are naturally designed to kill new things yeah. that are going to potentially disrupt the existing business. I wanted to ask a little bit. So a lot of our audience is kind of probably new to the innovation space. They're trying to explore and understand what corporate innovation is all about. If you had some words of wisdom for that lone wolf who's trying to implement some of these solutions and kind of get connected into the startup world and explore startup-driven innovation, what are some of the first things that they should be doing and uh, how should they go about uh, getting connected into the space? Yeah, great. And and if you're talking again about these, you know, lone wolves or, or you know middle level people who uh, are passionate about this and get it, but aren't really in a position to drive it and need some support on the inside, without a doubt, you can you know start to connect right away. And one of the easiest things to do actually is that there are a lot of opportunities for corporate innovation executives, even at the manager or you know working level, 
to engage in mentoring startups. So look locally at, at local accelerators, local universities, and uh, you know, getting involved in Shark Tank events or coaching and mentoring of startup contests that might be taking place within your local area or being a mentor at a uh, full-fledged accelerator is a great way to get started because in some ways you need to get acclimated to the cadence and the, the people and you know understand that world a bit. And that's a great way to do it where you're adding value right away. The tougher part actually is navigating. You can get passionate and excited about that, but navigating that within the corporate walls and getting other people excited is, is certainly a challenge. One of the things I would say is that you know running things like innovation challenges is, is a great way to go, where if, if you can put together a problem that's important to the company that has been vexing the company, maybe a, an area that the company's already committed to but has tried and failed internally and elsewhere to get an answer. You know, taking something that you believe that if there was a solution to, that there would be support for it, and then uh, structuring that as an externally focused challenge or startup program to get people on the outside innovating on your behalf. Because th then you're kind of leveraging that creative uh, muscle in a way that's not costing you much of anything and doing it in an area that's important to the company. And, and, and getting a couple of quick wins like that is what it takes to get a little bit of momentum. I would say to do this structurally and to make the major changes that you need to, to do this at scale does require senior level engagement and, and championing this. But I, I do believe, and, and I, I have a lot of love and respect for the people in the middle here who are kind of trying to champion this, um, and they, I know the battle they're up against. They can create some quick wins and create some successes. You know, hopefully they can create that senior level support. You know, there's nothing like some quick wins and some firsthand experience to get senior level managers more interested and engaged. That wraps up this special episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you missed Michael's full interview, you can find it on iTunes or Acast. It's episode number eight. You can hear even more of Michael's insights in person at the Inside Outside Innovation Summit, where he'll be a guest speaker ready to talk about everything concerning corporations, startups, and the amazing innovation that can happen when they meet in a middle ground, just like our summit. The world is always changing, and we want to talk about what you need to hear. So if you've got questions about something in particular, let us know and we'll answer them on the show. You can also talk to us on Twitter at The IO Podcast and follow Summit updates at The IO Summit. Until next time, go out and innovate.